Daily Dribble. Welcome back to the Daily Dribble Podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet, here recording on the 24th of July in what we're now officially dubbing the Year of the Deer. <laughs> Thank you for that one, Lee. That's all right. That's mine. <laughs> Mate, you're joining us here today. Are you fired up celebrating the Bucks championship win? Oh, it's been a big week um, mm. for the Bucks and uh, that celebration. Mate, unreal stuff. Unreal stuff. The culmination of a massive season has come and gone. Also here to break it down with us, Mr. Rohankar. How are we? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a bittersweet moment, isn't it? Because, you know, the, the Bucks have just won the championship and all the festivities are starting to take place, but we're into the off-season now, yeah. so no more basketball for the next three or four months. I don't know what we're going to do with ourselves. Just so sit, much, at, sit at the wall and just watch the paint dry. Mm-hmm. So much of our lives revolve around basketball, and you don't actually realise that until there's no basketball on. That's weird, isn't it? Because mm. I know for me, like I'm always, whether watching games or not, glued to my phone, keeping <laughs> yeah. up with results and scores and articles, and it's we're only a couple of days into the off-season, and it's already... Oh, Having withdrawals well, already. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Getting a nervous itch. <laughs> yeah. uh, guys, we have a massive episode in store today. Uh, we'll recap all the odds and ends from the NBA uh, we'll then just recap how the uh, the culmination of the finals went mm. down, Game 5 and 6, uh, have a little bit of a discussion about what's happening from here on onwards, and then we will finish off with our last episode of, draft. Oh, I was about to say Hero of the Week, but draft, <laughs> draft Prospect of the Week. We've got the NBA Draft next uh, next Friday, Jeez, depending where you are yeah, in Australia or the US. But So we're going to do one more instalment of that mm. to give our... Three uh, three draft prospects that might be flying under the radar. So, a lot to get into there. Guys, before we get into the episode, a big thank you to both of our major sponsors, Podthreads. Uh, guys, I officially got my merch during the week. I'm rocking it as we speak and absolutely love it. It looks great. The quality of it has surprised me, to be perfectly honest with you. It's actually much better than I initially expected. It's coincided with us, isn't it? Yeah. Quality yeah. Is a, High quality. A perfect likeness. No, it's lovely. Um, very cool. happy with the design, the actual, as Ro was saying, the quality. Got myself a T-shirt, a sweater and a hoodie. Um, big fan. So, guys, if you want to you know, establish a brand mm. and get your own merchandise range out, Get on to Podthreads. Uh, also, check out our range. It can be found via the link in our bio on our socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, etc. Um, and as well, a big shout-out to our friends and partners at Intersport Hobart. Um, we got our, our poster officially yeah. up in the new store yesterday, so it's it. looking drip as brother. Um, so a big thank you for their continued support there. Yeah. Went in and checked out the new store a you couple did of days ago. Yeah. Looked good. Happy big. with it. It is big. It's massive. Yeah. And it's got a really electric vibe going about it. You know when you walk into a store and you're like buzzing from yeah. the get-go? I love it. Huge mm. basketball presence. So uh, we've uh, jumped in at a perfect time there with our partnership. Guys, let's get into it. A lot to get through today. Let's start with some odds and ends. And I will kick us off with the news. Uh, will Barton has declined his $14.7 million uh, player option with the Nuggets next season. Yep. Um, it's an interesting one just for the sense that the free agent class is quite weak this year. Mm-hmm. So he's turned down $14.7 million. He's, ex- I guess he's, what, shooting for $16, $17, 18000000 million, which is a lot of money. We yeah. know he's quite a capable player. Uh, averaged 12.7 points last season. It's their long, well, the longest tenured Nugget. But I don't know, it could be a little bit ambitious. I know, he's a role player, but he's not necessarily one of the um, premier role players in the league, I wouldn't have yeah. thought. And I think $14 million would have been 
More quite acceptable for him. So I'm wondering what he's actually after. I hope it's not heading towards a 20 mil range because I wouldn't be paying that if I was a <laughs> franchise looking for a role play guard. Do you guys think if the Nuggets, I guess, let's say that Barton returns, we've got Murray coming back off his injury layoff. Do you think the Nuggets are a genuine contender? If they just, you know, they'll move a couple of pieces around mm. the fringes. But if they keep that core intact, do you think they're a legitimate threat next season? I think they are. You saw um, how how that didn't um, deflate, but when Murray left, you could see there was that big presence gone. And there's and that, such a workload on Jokic. Yeah. And, well, I feel you know, like people yeah, for- and Rivers have to step yeah. up and play mm. more minutes. I feel like people forgot how upwards in a trajectory they were going when they were playing well in that yep. regular season. And when you make a championship run and even like a deep playoff run, it really does come down to the injuries you get throughout the season and in the playoffs. And they were quite unlucky this year with Jamal Murray going out quite early. Very evident in the playoffs this season as a whole. Mm. LeBron, Kawhi, etc., etc. It really did hinder a lot of teams. Over the past few years, we've seen that they can make extremely deep playoff runs. They've made it to the Western Conference Finals a few times, and that's when it's all going well. So I don't see a reason why they couldn't continue to do that, to be perfectly honest. I'm going to tie in that point with another one, and we're going to do a little bit of a comparison here. Um, Norman Powell, mm. he will reject his $11.6 million player option to enter free agency. Now, if you were weighing up, you know, that you're certainly not like-for-like like players, but would you be looking... Barton's turned down 14.7, Powell 11.6 million. Mm-hmm. For me, I think for my team, I would be looking more at acquiring Powell. Yeah. I think oh, he's so certainly mm-hmm. um, a better asset to have. Yeah. It's just, it'll be interesting to see who actually fetches more. Mm-hmm. Would you guys be leaning I'd, a particular way? I'd be in the same boat. I'd, I'd be going towards Powell. I think I've seen more than enough evidence that he is worthy of more than $11 million and he yeah. can be a very um, valuable player for your team particularly if you're going for a deep playoff run. We saw him do that with the, um, who was it, the Raptors. With the Raptors, yep, absolutely. The thing with Norman Powell, you know exactly what you're going to get from him. He's that Mm. specific player um, that you... you, can do it on both ends of the floor, can't he? He's He's quite reliable. Yeah, the ability Mm. to knock down the three ball and he can Mm. be, he can almost carry an offense. He did a couple of games this season, was kind of... Really led the offensive end for the Blazers. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what he fetches on the market. Mm. I'll go. There's been a lot of news surrounding the Lakers, um, and one piece of news in particular, they're, they're looking to acquire a veteran point guard this offseason. Who <laughs> good uh, yes. And they're looking at Chris Pohl and Russell Westbrook. I saw a proposed trade. Um, yeah. How's this sound? So the Lakers receive Westbrook. Yeah, I saw this. The one. Wizards receive Kyle Kuzma, Dennis Schroeder, Taylor Horton Tucker, a 2024 second round pick and a 2025 first round pick lottery protected. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about this one, fellas? Wow, wow, we. I feel like Lakers are going to make it happen. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how. I just feel like they're still in that window where they can win the championship, and as long as they have LeBron and AD both yes. there, they will be in and around the picture. And you've got a few of these guards like Russell Westbrook who is starving for some, you know, late season success and get that ring. Obviously, Get that ring. Obviously the same with um, Chris Paul, even though he, he got very close. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if they nabbed one of those two. Mm. Lee, what do you think? The Lakers giving up those couple of players there? Do well, you, they do... were so reluctant to give up um, Horton Tucker. No, that was mm. a big piece in the mid-season. They were looking at Kyle Lowry yeah. and they didn't want to part with uh, Tucker there. And now they're just, they're just giving them up for... 
um, like no dramas at all. But Coos wants to get out anyway. It's been reported in the week. Um, he's ready to move on. Apparently, he says he sees himself on the same level as Jason Tatum. My dear man, shoot for the stars and you might land on the moon. But my do you, goodness, it's... do you remember early on in their both their careers and people were saying yeah. that Cole Kuzma was better than Jason Tatum and. Look what's happened now. He's almost he does he almost doesn't have any value on the market because mm-hmm. he's just been become so unreliable for the Lakers. Almost I don't a, think Lakers fans would be sad to see him go. As a Lakers fan for this one, I was kind of mulling this over prior to the episode starting. Mm-hmm. And oh, which way? I think just having an athlete and a player like Westbrook, his tenacity mm-hmm. and just his like, there's no other player more determined on yeah. the court. Like, he comes with 110% energy, even at the, you know, the kind of the back end of his career. I still think with Westbrook, AD and LeBron, mm. you got KCP, Caruso, a few other players. I really think, I quite like this move because Kuzma, mm. I feel like I've kind of tried to have his back for too long now. <laughs> yeah. uh, Schroeder was up and down all season. Horton Tucker is a piece I'd be upset to lose because I think he's got a lot of potential. Uh, but I think going for that all-in all in moving, getting Westbrook, I uh, I quite like it. So, so, would you prefer Westbrook over Chris Paul as a Lakers fan? Oh, <laughs> if if it was the same deal, if it was the yeah. same package, let's say hypothetically, um, I think so. You'd wait. Who'd you prefer? I th- oh, I think I'd take Westbrook just because I think LeBron can control the tempo, which Chris Paul does so well. Mm, um, I good think. Point. Westbrook's more likely to be a scorer, and we've seen LeBron in the last few seasons in particular facilitate more, which Chris Paul does naturally. He's got age on his side. He does. He's going to collect the boards. Uh, I think Westbrook, uh, I, th- I think that would be dynamic seeing him and LeBron. I'd like <laughs> yeah. to see that. So I'll, I'll, I'll say Westbrook. Yep. Fair enough. Did you hear about the other former teammates that apparently are interested in joining the Lakers? Uh, who we got? Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. <sighs> well,. DeMar DeRozan, is he LA born and bred? Yeah. He is. I think Um, that'd be uh, interesting, wouldn't it? Tell you what, though. So getting both of them. Yeah. My goodness, that you're gutting your whole team. Someone Mm. someone big's got to go because that that contract would be... This is a hot take. I would prefer DeMar DeRozan over Russell Westbrook. For the score, Whoa. for the scoring potential alone, Whoa, a shock and or really, yeah, I I don't know really how well Russell Westbrook would fit in with the Los yeah. Angeles Lakers. I think they're desperately after another shooter and another reliable shooter, and we've seen that Demar Derozan over the course of his career has been that money from mid range. Yeah, but the three point shots eluded him a little bit. He's had a yeah. bit of an uptick lately. He has. Oh, that's and I suppose Westbrook's more ball dominant mm. um, as opposed to Demar, and we've already, as we said, got LeBron, other capable ball handlers. I'm not saying he's a better. Sorry, I was just going to say I'm not saying he's a better better player, but the fit I believe is better. With the same package, would you do that? Um, No, I would um, give up less if I if I was the Lakers because as I was saying, get rid of the draft picks. Keep probably the draft picks. Yeah, yep. Definitely get rid of Kyle Kuzma. (laughs) I like it very good. Um, Just this isn't so much an odds and ends, but just something I I saw during the week that I'd completely forgotten forgotten about, and I just wanted to see if you guys were still aligned. that Kimber Walker is a Thunder player. Yeah, I, I always just, I saw that. something during the week and I thought, <laughs> oh my goodness, I'd like completely forgotten. It was just a bizarre um, head-scratching moment. I just couldn't piece it together for a moment. Yeah, there, I, but... I tend to forget that and I tend to forget that Brad Stevens is in the Boston yeah. coach. He's the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there was, it was a very hectic period with the coaches and yeah. some of the moves that were made. Um, is you know. um, Jason Kidd a head coach anyway now? 
Yeah, he's gone to the Blazers, hasn't he? Has he? he is, what yeah. about? Yeah, okay. Huh. And so it's all happening. You forget that too. Um, speaking of coaches, the Wizards have hired former Nuggets associate coach Wes Unsell Jr. Mm. Uh, as head coach for the next four seasons. Certainly has a big job on his hands to turn them back into contenders, but yep. they certainly in the back half of the season really showed a lot of capability. Mm. Um, and, you know, it would be interesting to see if they kept Bill and if they made one of these moves, say got rid of Westbrook and brought in, you know, those those players we mentioned, Kuzma, mm. a Horton Tucker, a Schroeder, what they would actually look like. So mm. he's got a big job on his hands, but there is potential there in Washington. There is potential. He wasn't one of those coaches who were highly publicised to take over one of these next teams, but sometimes those coaches can be um, diamonds diamond in the rough. Diamonds in so the rough, absolutely. We'll see what happens. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks will be without centre Onyeka Okongwu for approximately six months. Uh, the sixth pick in last year's draft has undergone shoulder surgery for a torn right labrum, so um, mm-hmm. we'll, uh, we'll see him short or into the season. Not six he, months, yeah, yeah. not not <laughs> shortly. He will see him long term back in the uh, back in the fold for the Hawks. But yeah, he, he was impressive in the moments we saw this season playing in behind Capella there. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly got some potential and. Look forward to seeing him back, and and the Hawks as a whole. They've got, mm. I think, they've got a lot of momentum on their side. Each of these players now, you know, you've got Trey, Herder, Hunter, all these younger mm. players. Got another year under their belt. Got that playoff experience. I think they're a, if they can bring back the band for next season, they're a force to be reckoned with. Mm. Agree. We we're talking about Colin Sexton um, potentially being on his way out. I heard the Cavs uh, looking to pair him with either Kevin Love or Touring Prince in a package. Mm, That'd yeah. bring in a lot more. Well, not a lot more, but it'd bring in more. Close friend of the show, Torian Prince. <laughs> yeah, big big friend of the show. Big friend of the show. Um, well, yeah, I'll tell you what. It could be a good move looking to pair Love with him. Yeah. Um, because they're moving in that younger direction. Mm. Um, you know, rebuild, get him while his, his value is probably as high as it's going to be. Mm. Um, and then as we alluded to the other week, you can, you can make Garland that focal ball handler, mm. um, depending who comes in. Well, my hot take, I I like Colin. Yeah, I think actually it's not a hot take. Everyone here likes Colin Sexton more than Garland, right? Uh, Do you think? I think Colin Sexton. I think I like Garland better. I I think Sexton's a better player, but I think I like Garland more for the Cavs, and I think building around him more. Mm -hmm. Um, At the moment, I think Sexton's a better player. Uh, He's got another year under his belt. Uh, Yeah, he was fringe All Star talk earlier in the year, Mm. but I think for the Cavs at the moment. Um, just from how much disharmony we mm. heard and friction within the locker room this this year with the Cavs, I think building around Garland for them is better. Mm. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, I've got one more. Yeah, let it rip, big fella. The King LeBron James is officially the first NBA player to reach one billion dollars in career earnings. Yeah, with I think it was three hundred thirty million with on court. Um, I guess salary and that, yep. the other six hundred and seventy million with off-court um, endorsements okay. and things of the yep. kind. So, I tell you what, Space Jam Two wouldn't have um, done that any done that any hurt. Ro, you saw it last <laughs> weekend. <laughs> what did you What did you think? Do you love it? I actually really enjoyed it, and um, I've seen a lot of people so far who have had pretty ordinary things to say about it. But I think when you're a massive fan of LeBron yeah. and you're a massive fan of basketball and the sort of Space Jam movie franchise as it is, um, I think you'll really enjoy it. So. Anyone who's a massive basketball LeBron fan, get along to see it. You won't be disappointed. Well, we saw him also in an appearance in, was it Trainwreck? Uh, yes, yeah, with Bill Hader, yeah. Bill Hader. We've seen, uh, you know, WWE superstars, you know, The Rock, John Cena, mm. others foray into that uh, 
that Hollywood scene. Do you think LeBron once he's uh, off court, um, I guess career's done? Could we see him progress into the uh, Hollywood limelight? Do you believe, Ro, with what you saw? I think he will have a few cameos, but yeah. the the thing that sort of frustrates me is people were expecting him to produce a Leonardo DiCaprio type <laughs> role and type performance in in these movies, starring in The Revenant too. Yeah, uh. I just I just don't understand that. He's a he's a basketball player first, and he's a movie star now, sort of yep. second. Um, so you know, don't go there expecting him to put on a Oscar. Wall Street type <laughs> performance because it's not happening. But it's it's really sort of enjoyable. Not going to have you bash either one, but just a quick. Quick answer. Yep. The original or the new one? New one. The new one? For me. Yep. There you go. I'm going to it. see it today. Love it. Can I ask, is there many, like, references that only us avid NBA fans would understand or are they all pretty, uh, pretty broad to everyone? Pretty broad to everyone. There's a few there where, where you, yeah, sort of have to be a avid NBA fan mm. or an avid LeBron fan, but the majority of it's, you know, it's for all audiences, mm. really. Love it. Uh, last point from me, lads. A little Instagram story was going around during the week showing Leangelo Ball working out with Hornets players. Mm. My question is, this can just be a yes or a no. Yep. Do you think that at some point throughout their careers, we'll see all three ball players on the same team? No. No. Mm. That's just my answer, and I'm not putting anything behind it. It just is actually I am right now, but it's just too hard to um, coordinate and orchestrate such a um, a trade that would that would put them together. I think I can I can see um, Lonzo and Lamelo being yep. on the same yep. team. I don't think Leangelo is good enough to play at NBA level for a sustained period of time. Yep. Um, so I don't think he will be there, but I can certainly see sometime in the you know, future um, Lavar orchestrating some kind oh, of trade in the background. The puppeteer is yeah. pulling the strings. <laughs> I, I can see that happening. I'm going to say yes. You think? And I'm going to say yes just purely for the uh, the fact I want to see Team Ball versus <laughs> Team Holiday at okay. some point. Yeah. Drew, or Team Justin. Enter the Combo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little triple threat match. Yeah. I like it. Um, so I'm going to say yes mm. just for the fact of wanting to see that. That'd be great. Any more odds and ends from you, lads? No. Um, on the NBL front, um, there's been a few moves throughout free agency. Uh, I won't delve into them too much. We'll stick to the NBA more so on this episode, just mm. with the finals and everything of the kind. Uh, we will do a league uh, season preview prior to the NBL season tipping off and be able to go into the jack jumpers with more depth and just have a, have a little more of a, uh, a deep dive into each team. So nothing on the NBL front for me, but certainly looking forward to seeing... Seen the boomers in action last night, the yep. uh, opening ceremony. Paddy Mills, the flag bearer there. Um, looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. Have you blokes watched any of the Olympics so far? So we had the uh, the soccer the other night, tip mm. off the Ollie Roos. No, I don't even know where to watch it. Where do you watch it? Uh, on 7, mate. On okay. Southern Cross here for our Australian listeners. But what about specifically basketball? Uh, 7 plus, I think, would be the way mm. to go. Yeah. What, on the phone? On the phone. On okay. the. I'll be tuning in to the basketball for sure. Absolutely. When's it start? Uh, I haven't got a date for you, actually. I don't have a date for you exactly, but it, it's in the soon? next couple of days, I think. Okay. Um, so, yeah, a, a lot to look forward to there. Mm. Um, lads, the finals. As we said, it's time to fear the deer. It's come and gone. The Bucks got up 4-2 after winning four games on the on the road. Mm. Uh, not on the road, should on I say, run. on the run. On the trot. Two zip they were down, and we thought for all money that they... I know, I, I did. Yeah. I think yep. we all did thought that the Suns were in... In pole position, weren't mm, they? They were. Well, uh, they we probably jumped the gun a little bit because they took the first two games at home. And, held served, didn't they? Yeah, That's they all held they served. Did. 
And then the Bucks came back and did that for the next two, but then they did it for the two after as well. And geez, they went on a really hot run at the at the end of that series. Took game five out. Um, it was game four was I guess we can call it the block game, the Giannis block. Mm. Game five, I think it's dubbed the still the still game. Oh, yeah, it down is, to it? the wire. Uh, you know, this was such a funny game in the sense. Well, this series has been quite funny the way it's ebbed and flowed. Yes, um, just with big leads being. I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Asserted? Yeah. Um, and then quickly evaporated. Mm. Like in this one, the Suns were just absolutely bowling out in the first quarter. They were red hot, mm. could not miss a shot. And they led by 16 at the end of the quarter. Uh, from there, the Bucks, I guess, the only word to use is evaporated. They, uh, the lead was just gone in a flash, wasn't it? They completely turned it around. In the second and third quarters, the Bucks outscored the Suns 79-53 to 53 after the Suns had that extremely hot start. Um, because in that first quarter, they were the Suns were looking unstoppable in, they were, in all honesty. They could not miss. Yeah. And I guess in... I guess it's a comparison to game game four. The Bucks had as many fouls in the first eight minutes as they did in the entirety of game four. <laughs> there you um, go, yeah. Went 43 to 24 second quarter that had them holding ascendancy. Um, but down the stretch after they'd built a lead, the Suns were able to claw it back. Devin Booker had the chance to put mm. them ahead. Mm. He's Look. driven into traffic, driven into traffic. He's kind of turned around mm. um, and... Well, what was stripped still? Yeah, What's Drew Holiday got he his just, took he, it out of his hands. He just ripped it away. Yeah. A big boys move. Yeah. Um, less, Drew Holiday less than twenty seconds on the clock, and and put the game out of reach. Mm. He, he dribbled it up the court, was able to find Giannis on the alley oop mm. up in the clouds, mm. and that was effectively the game. But the Suns had a chance mm. to take the lead after being in a real deep hole. Yep, and that kind of one play. It could be looked at as a turning point in the whole series. Mm, that could yeah. have had them up 3-2. Um, but Drew Holiday, just a shout-out to him. He had 27 points, 13 assists, 3 steals, mm. 12 or 20 from the field. But his defense is just has been on lock. Yeah. I know we've kind of mentioned quite a few times how his shooting's been a little bit wayward. Mm. But this performance on the defensive end won them the game. It yeah. really did. It's crazy how much he's turned that around in this series, though, yeah. because in the first few games of the series when we were at Phoenix and Suns obviously got over the top in those first few games, Chris Paul had Drew Holiday on a string. And yeah. he's somehow built up the resolve and managed to, you know... Just claw back, really, yeah, really. Yeah, pretty, essentially, he, and he's pretty much got the best of Chris Paul defensively in, mm-hmm. in this series. And, he and had 21 points, 11 assists in this one, but... Yeah. When it really come to, comes time to win and make those key moments, Drew Drew showed up. He uh, showed up for sure. Booker had 40 points, 17 of 33 from the field. Uh, the Bucks won this one, I don't think I mentioned. 123 to 119, <laughs> uh, 8 and 20 yeah. points, 10 rebounds. Uh, Giannis, 32 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. Middleton with 29.7 rebounds, 5 assists. So, Well, this game was, um, I'd say, easily the best game the Bucks have played together. Um, in a long time, at yep. least. You just said Giannis with about 32, Drew with 27, Middleton with 29. They that didn't... big three, hey. There yeah. was, mm. Everyone was yeah. on board. Like, we had Lopez, nine, Tucker, three. Mm. Connaughton had 14. But that big three... Not many turnovers between them. It wasn't a messy game. It was really well... Um, yeah. I don't know the word, but... And there's not much more that Devin Booker could have done. 40 points yeah. to still go down. Like, that's it's heartbreaking for him, and mm. we'll touch on it more mm. after we recap Game 6 and at the end. But he really... 
There's not much more he could have done in the series as a whole. Um, he really put them on the back. There just wasn't enough consistent performers across the board. And I really That's think, like we'll do a recap at the end, but I really think losing Saric hurt them. Yeah. Having that backup big men, again in this one, well, Aiton had four fouls, but they did. They started in these last couple of games getting him into foul trouble. Um, and just they didn't have an... As we've said, Frank the Tank was not the answer for them. No. Uh, they didn't have a, a suitable big man, uh, backup back big man, should I say. Yeah. Um, so we'll go to game six. The Bucks won this 105-98 to 98 to take out the series. Chris Paul, 26 points, five assists. Devin Booker, 19 points, eight of 22 shooting, mm. zero of seven from three. Mm. Drew Holiday nearly had a triple-double, 12 points, nine rebounds, 11 assists. But the man of the night... Claimed finals MVP, Giannis had 50 points, 14 rebounds. And probably my my favourite stat from his, I guess, his mm. stat line, 17 of 19 from the free yeah. throw line. Unbelievable. That's the big one because he's, he's just not um, that good of a free throw shooter Well, you look at normally. it, they won this game by seven points, 17 of 19. If he had a shot just above 50%, missed seven of them, it's it was, a tie game. It was the difference. It was, it was truly the difference. And... Um, the other big stat that I thought, for, and obviously the fifty piece jumps out at you, and no, that had a that had a massive impact. But the five blocks as well, yep. he was showing up defensively all throughout the course of this series, and some of those blocks were really important and blocks that really changed the sort of sway of the game and the momentum. Tell you what, it was a dogfight, wasn't it? Mm. It was a real, real ugly start. Just no one could make a bucket. Yes. Um, but the Bucks were able to jump ahead, lead by thirteen in the at the end of the first. Again, though, as we've seen, these leads don't last long. Phoenix were up at half time um, before yep. the Bucks started to wrangle back ascendancy in the third mm. and and hung on hung on down the stretch. But probably the biggest shot when the game was still on the line, four points with about a minute to go. Chris Middleton, mm. oh, God. I tell you what, he is Mister Clutch, pull up jumper from the mid range. He was looking was- like prime. Kobe slash MJ when he pulled up for those clutch shots. He was unbelievable. I tell you what, though, his legs, there was not much jump in them. No. That jump shot at the end, there was he was gassed. I, but tell you what, talking about making big big shots down the stretch, crazy eyes Bobby Porters. <laughs> he made some big shots from the corner. Not saying it was the absolute difference, but, geez, he, he showed up when he needed to. points he had, Bobby Porters, yeah. and that was... We spoke about, I know we love, well, Jeff Teague, my man, who I said the other week, played a minute 40, but as we were saying, Lee, that, that bench, yeah. uh, getting 16 points from Bobby Portis, Connaughton didn't have any points but gobbled up eight boards. Mm. They really just did enough, and it's uh, it's been such a bizarre series mm, because it, it really has it's been on a seesaw, mm. and it's gone up and down, up and down, with really no clear, like through the first four games, after that fourth game, it was really flip a coin, mm. wasn't it? Um, but the Bucks first title in fifty years. I don't think we've given enough credit, and we talk, you've talked about him for about thirty seconds. And I wanted to keep talking, and I will to Giannis in that game um, six. What was it? Fifty points, fourteen rebounds, five blocks, and like you said, the big one, seventeen of nineteen. Sixteen was, of twenty-five from the field. That was without a doubt his greatest game he's ever played, and it's hard. It's one of the all-time finals performances. You don't see his greatest game in turn with the most important game that he's ever played. I literally don't have adjectives for how how good he was that game. He just showed up on both ends of the court, which was the main thing that really impressed me. He was obviously 50 points. He was unstoppable 
from an offensive point of view, but then defensively, as I was mentioning, the 14 boards and the five blocks, yeah. um, as good of an individual performance I reckon I've seen from anyone in a long, long time. And to do it in a, you know, game-clinching, championship-clinching um, series, oh, people Gee, oh God, it was ugly, though. The Bucks shot 22% from three, uh, 6 of 27. Phoenix shot 6 of 25, 24%. But just that free throw, having Giannis... Be able to knock them down, really clinch the win. And deservedly, finals MVP. um, But certainly, I think a lot of applauds should go to Chris Middleton, Mm -hmm. to Drew Holiday. Like, Giannis is going to be the... He's supposed to be the league. Um, Won the finals MVP. But those those performances, especially in the back half, I know we mentioned Middleton on the Ferris wheel. Um, and I heard the analogy from No Dunks that I think the switch gave way. The uh, the system faltered while he was up at the top of the Ferris wheel. <laughs> yeah, because his yeah. last few games, he in the clutch, like Giannis in this game gets all the accolades, as, as we mentioned, but mm. in the clutch, he's their go-to guy. Just buckets when it, when it comes time to win and when the game's on the line. He's been the guy throughout the series mm. that's kind of just held things at bay. Um, and Drew Holiday, I don't think his, his value can be overstated enough just yep. having a player like that on both ends of the floor and it was a bit of an experiment like they got rid of Bledsoe they gave up draft picks and assets really going all in on mm. Drew and it's paid off the well, crazy would, thing oh you go would have they been where they are now without getting Drew no no not no. a chance they would have kept Bledsoe they would have kept who was the other one they got rid of that dished off to New Orleans so oh, they got rid um, of a few role players didn't they yeah a couple of players here yeah. and there around the fringes but getting Drew was the big piece yeah and it kind of looked like they almost blew it before the season started with the Bogdanovich trade that fell through that's right had yeah. him effectively signed and that yeah. fell through and it looked like that could be maybe a, a little bit of symbolism for their season um, the but- crazy thing, though, is they can get even better. We saw throughout the course of this series that even though in this last game, Drew Holiday had 12, 9, and 11, he was 4 from 19 from the field. If he can work on his jump shot a bit mm. more and just taking you know high percentage shots, I think that they go to another level. And DiVincenzo, who's been such a key yeah. pass, he's missed their entire, entire run. He's mm. more than a capable pace, normally in the starting lineup. Giannis can you know work on his... Free throws and, you know, going... It was his best free throw performance probably of his career in terms of the quantity and making them. If he can do do that, you know, for, in the future, then, you know, the sky's Look the out. limit, really. It's, um, and I guess on the sun side, I couldn't help but feel, like, horrible. Did you guys see the image after the game of Devin Booker um, when the confetti was coming down just yeah. under his breath? The, damn. 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 Yep. So close, and it is... It is there's no harder feat to get to the NBA Finals. Yeah. We saw Monty Williams in his press conference after the game just just saying how hard it really is. Mm. Um, I mean, you'd be in tears because you have so much adrenaline. You just that It's the final stretch. You just want to win. And to be so close as well, to be yeah. two games up and to really have all momentum mm. on their side. Um, from that, the Suns' perspective, where did, it, where did it go wrong? When Drew Holiday turned on the switch, Chris Middleton did, I know, but it was when Drew Holiday did and and um, shut down Chris Paul's um, offensive orchestrating. Yeah, yep. that's I, when it shut I think down. it was when Chris Paul in Game 3 started playing more, as we said last week, playing not to lose as opposed yeah. to playing to win. Yeah. Um, and it's, it really was a point of difference. 
Um, yeah, the, ta- the tables just turned from there. And once the Bucks got that momentum back, they, they just didn't let up, which was the key part. Momentum is such an important thing in any sport that you play, isn't it? Particularly in the NBA and the playoffs when it's a best of seven game. And yeah. if you get a few on the trot, um, geez, your confidence is through the roof. And a lot of these NBA players are confidence players. And when they have a bit of confidence behind them, um, they're very difficult to stop. Is Chris Paul... Um, is Chris Paul going to be a Phoenix Sun next year? Do you believe? Well, next season, is he going to be staying in Phoenix? I've been mulling this in my head ever since they lost, to be honest. And I can I can see him staying, but I think if he wants to have a legitimate shot at the championship going forward, I think a move perhaps to a team like the LA Lakers might be on the cards. Yep. I don't know if I see... As much as I think they're a good team overall, I'm not sure if I see Phoenix getting back to the finals next year. Yes. A bit like the Heat. Yeah. We, we put that in during the week on our socials. Check out our Instagram if you haven't. We put up a post just asking that question. Mm. And in my opinion, I don't think it, they will either. Just for mm. the fact the West is so strong. We said, yep. uh, we mentioned how Golden State, they're going to have Clay back next season. Mm. They're going to be healthy, probably make a few pieces, looking to acquire maybe a Siakam. The Nuggets with Murray back. The Lakers are going to make moves to kind of appease LeBron and keep yep. him mm. um, in the picture. Um, the Clippers, they're going to be in and around the mix. Kawhi's going to be healthy by yep. that time. There's a lot of teams that are just going to be... It's going to be hard to get through the it West. It really is, do, yeah. do you want me to tell you where I'd absolutely love Chris Pohl? Yeah. I'd love to see him back in the Clippers uniform. Oh, oh imagine that. Actually, I've got one for you. And yeah. I saw uh, someone... I mentioned it on our socials. Yeah. One that actually... Got me thinking a little bit. It's more of an up-and-coming team who surpassed expectations. Yep. But the Knicks. Imagine Chris Paul on the Knicks because we saw how good they were this year and they just lacked that little bit of leadership um, and Mm. experience. Well, Well, I don't think... I think Chris Paul needs to go somewhere if he wants to to win win. a championship. I don't think they could win even with him. No, I don't think so, but I quite like the move, I think. His name's been associated with the Knicks for a long time for the simple fact that the Knicks have got a lot of cap space and if if he comes over there, he's probably going to have to be paid a hell of a lot as well. So you can definitely see it happening, but yeah, I think... If you're Chris Paul at this stage of your you're career, not going to New York, are you? yeah, you're not going to New York. You're going to, you know, one of the contending teams. And is it the Lakers the obvious option? Um, it is. That's the main one that's been talked about. Yeah, because of st- they're still in the window, and he's got the existing relationship with LeBron. Obviously, um, where, where who are some other teams which he could potentially what move like, to? I've only heard the Lakers, but like the Clippers. When you think about it, that's not a bad. Um, where do they get that cap space from? I don't know. <laughs> not my problem. Well, it well it is. Um, it's I don't think with the contracts that Kawhi and Paul yeah. George are on there, it's just. Steve Ballmer has deep pockets, but how deep does he want to go with it? Um, I'd take him at Beantown in a in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's not a bad option. Mm. Um, again, the cap the cap space is just because his contract is that big. It really does restrict it's his issue. options unless he does take a massive pay cut, which he won't. Going back to what you said before, rowing out odds and ends. So I can't quite recall if we got your answer. So would you, as a Laker or in the Lakers head office, would mm. you be taking Westbrook or Paul? Um. I think I would be taking if they're they're in a win now mode. I'd honestly be taking Chris Paul. I think. Yeah. Um, Russell Westbrook, he's he's explosive and he's a, a triple double machine. But I don't think they necessarily need a triple double machine. They need 
an update, like more on-court IQ, another yep. leader, another guy who can orchestrate the play, particularly if LeBron has nights off, which he no Maybe doubt will. Maybe LeBron to be get more into that scorer role again, yeah. especially if he's chasing down Kareem. LeBron has to be doing too. Le- LeBron is doing too much, and we saw how helpful it was for LeBron when Rajon Rondo was playing for the yes. Lakers and even coming off the bench, you know, being that second, you know, uh, on-court IQ, really yeah. intelligent yep. player. I personally think Chris Paul would almost deliver them a finals appearance if he was to go there. I tell you what, they'll be itching to get back. LeBron's clock's running out now after, I guess, faltering this season. Um, tell you what, though, just, just kind of going but back. You didn't ask me what I wanted. Oh, okay. Who do I you don't want? Know, Who do you want? No, I don't know. Give it to us. No. You've, you've, you've got to give it to us now. Well, I wanted Chris Paul until you um, made the point that they've already got a... Uh, um, someone who controls the offense. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take Damien Lillard. Actually, I'm going out no. of the realms of. But that's been talked about. So it's in for the Lakers. Yeah, to get Dame. Give up a bit more, I'd say, and get Dame. Give up the. Give up the lot. It'll it's, be a three-man roster with been, AD, LeBron, and Dame. It's yeah. been in the talks. Us. It has. It has. Imagine that though. Why? Why is Russell Westbrook's name being put up over someone like a Bradley Beal, who I think would fit in far better with the Los Angeles Lakers? It's a very good question. It's one I don't have an yeah. answer to, but I, it's a good question nevertheless. Mm. And I think especially, again, it depends how you want to look at it and how you play LeBron. If you want him to facilitate, having that just out-and-out scorer like Bill would certainly be more advantageous. I think so, yeah. Oh, I like it a lot to think about. <laughs> it's going to be a very interesting off-season. Um, I love the celebrations as well. Did you guys see Giannis uh, yes. yesterday in the Chick-fil-A line? Ordering a fifty-piece meal. Fifty-piece, yeah. He uh, he earned Chick Fil A two hundred and ninety-five thousand dollars in brand value. That's unbelievable. That's uh, that's Chick Fil A for life. How do they how do they work that out? Just from his IG live and the actual um, money that he brought in. Mm. I I don't know the mm. algorithm as such, Lee, but um, yeah, the actual brand value increased by that much, and it was just awesome to see see him. He's just such a fun character, isn't he? Yes, and it's awesome that like we don't get to see a lot of that. From a lot of players, mm. it's all very serious and very kind of just, I guess, bland. Yeah. But he's someone who goes against the grain. Um, and I know I've spoken about previously, um, I don't know, is it my dislike for him or for the Bucks, Or might be more so the Bucks. I, I thought it was him. for the Bucks because of the simple – and I guess him because he's been such a big part and of the And letting down in the finals. Yeah, like failed expectations Yeah, failed expectations, stuff. but he really is such a fun character and I couldn't – I was kind of disappointed for the Chris Paul side of it um, mm. and seeing, you know, how upset Booker was. Monty Williams, who I guess hats off to him, a phenomenal run in his first season in charge. But just seeing Giannis is just just so fun, so fun. You just want to be mates with that bloke, don't you? You do. Do you want me to tell you Handing out the cigars afterwards. Uh, and- he, he seems like an awesome teammate. Something that really made me laugh and was quite confusing. Remember old mate Brennan Jennings? Yes, He's what a was cult he doing? Hero. What was he doing? He was on the back of the bloody bus or whatever he was it. doing. Bucks in six, baby. He was spitting beer on the on the people watching. Okay, that's great. Didn't, did you not see no, that? No, I didn't see that part. I, I don't know what he was that. doing. He can do what he wants. He's pretty much king of Milwaukee at this point I, over, over Giannis. I think he thought he was like, you know how in the wrestling, like Triple H and stuff spat out all yeah. the water? I think he was thought he was Going doing that, that, but it was just dribbling out over people. It wasn't some a can, great look. No. One of my favourite bits of um, the game six was in that fourth quarter when Crazy Eyes Bobby Portis got teed up. Did you see that? Yeah. He's, he, he's locked into 
that. He's so. a cult hero too, isn't he? Oh, he's, you need those players on your team, I think. The guys who play with that much intensity on a nightly basis. And Would Chris you- Middleton was saying, you cannot do that by trying to win the finals. <laughs> Would you blokes, you've won the NBA title, champagne's going off its trolley. Would you... Would you punch down punch down a stogie? Giannis is handing them out. Would you put one down? Oh, yeah, you'd be God. rude not to. Tell you why. It looked it looked like the place to be. What would um, we punch down if we wanted some fat m- mercury ciders, some fat lamb, fat lamb on tap? Because <laughs> I saw all the champagne and whatever. Big Brooke Lopez with bottle in hand, yeah, but yeah, I was yeah. just thinking, I don't know if I could. Uh, no, Champagne's for me. I've tried it a couple of times, and it's like not it. my. Uh, to be honest, I don't think they're drinking it that much, as opposed to just spraying, spraying it everywhere, it literally everywhere. Tucker, PJ Tucker. I, I tell you what, I'm, it's good for the um, for for Middleton, uh, for Booker, or not so much Booker, but uh, Middleton and Drew that they don't have to fly out for a couple of days to uh, to Tokyo for the Olympics. Mm, but yeah. what a um. I thought Middleton right that'll be. I thought Middleton is. Well, they are, but not for a couple of days. Okay. Mm. Um, Yeah, imagine sitting on the plane with that Drew and Middleton just uh, Booker in between them. Do you reckon? I don't think it'd be awkward. I don't think it'd be awkward. It's it's the game, and they're all they're all good friends after all. Bullshit. You, you pussy. I would be fuming if I was Booker. I'd just want to hit them both. I (laughs) I think Booker's got. A chance to get back there in the future. He's so he young and he's yeah. he's just elite. But we're talking about Chris Paul. He's sort of getting a bit long in the tooth now, and I think his years are sort of coming to an end. Yeah, um, they could do a lot knows. with that space that they if they were to lose Paul, they've got a lot of space. They could do a lot with that. That's mm. our um, prediction. Do you reckon? Real quick, do you reckon um, Devin Booker will use this loss as fuel? Yes, yeah. he's. I know there's been a lot of comparisons made with Kobe, but I just think he's someone with his mentality. Some people kind of dwell on it and Mm -hmm. let it bring them down. I think he is someone. He'll be straight back in the – as soon as Tokyo is over, he'll be straight in the gym, I reckon. Okay, I've got a question. Does he have enough fuel to be in the MVP race for next year, top three? No. No? No, okay. No. No. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think Do so. You? Yeah, I think he's going to use it as fuel, and you'll see him. Yeah, I don't think he'll win it, but he's. I think he'll be in top three. Top three. Mm, okay. Oh, interesting. That's a hot table. Uh, remember that when we do our um, <laughs> awards predictions for next season, lads. It's been a phenomenal year. It is really quite sad that the uh, season has come and gone, um, but we move on to greener pastures, and the next kind of, I guess, big event yep. is the NBA draft coming next week. Mm. We did last week a, a little look at three prospects who we're all intrigued by. We have backed it up once again this week uh, with Draft Prospect of the Week. So we've each picked a prospect that we're quite excited by. Yep. Um, and we'll give our, our little thoughts on them before the draft next week. Mm, yep. Who, Lee, you want to kick us off, big boy? I first. I have um, guard, 6-1 guard from the – is it Auburn Tigers? Auburn, yeah. Auburn Tigers. Um, and his name – goes by Sharif Cooper. Um, mm-hmm. He averages 20 points a game, which is quite a lot for a um, college bowler. For a college bowler. Um, four rebounds along with eight assists. Um, mm. he's, he's a smooth bowl handler. He's got elite speed, but his most highly regarded um, aspect of his game is his passing. His passing, um, I'd go to say... Um, he's the best pastor in this draft. Best pastor. The best pastor. There you go. There you go. Praise the Lord. He's the best pastor in the game. He's one of those off-the-dribble passers. He doesn't need to really look where he's passing either. He just dishes it off. Angel hair? Knocky? Has he got the sauce or what? Yeah. 
Is it cheese-based or is it tomato-based? <laughs> you can't mispronounce anything on this podcast or we're going to let you know about No, pasta, yeah. absolutely. And it's it's such a skill that like these, I guess, scouts look for, isn't it? The ability to be able to pass and make the right decisions because turnovers is such a such a kind of a blow it to is. any athlete's credibility. Um, out of Auburn as well, so he's comes from a good background there, quality school. Where's he projected to go? 14 or something. 14, 14 so no, deep okay. in the lottery. Oh, Giddy's going to beat him then. That's all right. <laughs> uh, no. My player that I've selected is projected to go around the number five mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga is a name who's been pretty mm-hmm. highly touted. Six foot eight, 225 pound combo forward. Uh, he has a seven foot wingspan and he's only 18 years old, which I like. Again, like Giddy, another young player. Yep. Uh, he played for the G League Ignite team where he averaged. 15.8 points, 7.2 rebounds, and two and a half assists. He's got explosive speed for a guy of his size, similar to my uh, my player last mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got elite strength and fluidity to his game for a big man. He really moves with quite a lot of poise and control. His quality on the defensive end, which I like as well, we can do it on both ends. And due to his size and speed, he is able to guard that big, then smalls mm-hmm. and the guards, which... Is super, super advantageous, and again, something that these these scouts look for, the ability to guard through five positions. Uh, His decision-making and offensive efficiency, uh, just a couple of areas to to kind of make note of that I've kind of noticed and through reading a few reports that people are watching out for. He doesn't Mm. quite, uh, if his head's not in the game, he sometimes makes quite stupid decisions, Um, and that's on both ends of the floor, can sometimes be a little bit disengaged. He's still young. He's still young, and that's, um, you know, his lack of intensity. I think once he gets into a proper NBA team, mm-hmm. they're really going to drill that out of him. Uh, hasn't received a lot of high-level coaching, but, again, I think he is someone with the potential to make great strides, as we said, once in a setup. So Jonathan Kaminga, there's been, has been a lot of talk about him. He's one of, if not the only, and forgive me if I'm mistaken here, but one of the only high-draft prospects who has played in the G League. Yes. As opposed to playing in the college, college route. ball. Yep, Cade Cunningham there with Oklahoma. Do you reckon that will be advantageous to him or, did, or not? I think so. And again, it comes back to the Josh Giddy, Lamelo Ball, yep. RJ Hampton experiment. Uh, Luka Doncic playing against men, playing against these bigger bodies and just being able to adapt mm. to that, I think is certainly... I, I really think it's becoming the better course then going the college mm. route. Mm. Um, and I know we saw how college athletes can now start making money off their likeness. They're really trying to attract players back to college because everyone's dipping their toes in other other waters. They are. So do you think going forward that more players will go down the, that same route as Kaminga did? I think so. Yeah. I really think so, especially once in the next couple of seasons that G League Ignite team gains a little more credibility. Mm. Lee, if you're an athlete, which route are you going? The college route or the, I guess, international route? or College. This? You Get are? the exposure. Get the exposure, get the uh, get the education as well. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's why Cade Cunningham is um, so um, in in just talks of everything. And um, who's the second one? Jalen. Jalen Green. Jalen Green. That's why he's not because he didn't go the college route, did he? I don't think. What uh, what course would you be doing at college? What, basketball. What, the basketball <laughs> course, the athlete development program. Don't worry about majoring in history or science or maths. No, he's got time for that. <laughs> Yeah. It'd be horrible if you broke your leg game one and then you got no college uh, college education behind you. No. I like that. Roy, who um, have you got for us, mate? Mine's another highly touted player, James Booknight. So he's a it's six... A fun name, eh? Yeah, it's not a, not a bad name. And I think the commentators, by the sounds of it, have had a bit of fun with it Book as well. Man. But 
something like something that. Like that. <laughs> something he'll catch know. on. Something he'll catch on with him. Yeah, no, he's a um, he's six five guard out of UConn. Um, last year, which was his sophomore year, actually, he averaged eighteen point seven points um, with the Huskies, and in his um, in his what's your freshman freshman year? year? I get confused with those American year. terms. Yes. Um, he he had thirteen points, so he's gradually growing over his first few years and gradually improving. Yeah. Um, from what I've seen of him, he's touted as being one of the more complete scorers in this draft. So that's to say he's got a more than serviceable jump shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so he won't need to work on. Obviously, he will work on it, but he won't need to work on it as much as some of these other prospects. He's got a lightning quick first step. I don't know if you've seen many highlights of him. I haven't heard too much of but him. But he's, he's one of those guards who's perfectly balanced between, you know, very comfortable out there on the three-point line yep. mid-range, knocking down the jumper, but also lightning quick and getting to the rim. I've seen a lot of comparisons with Zach Levine, who's, yeah, who's right. sort That's of not event- a bad comparison, eventuated into a similar sort of player who's quite comfortable scoring um, from anywhere. Um, I think that he's one of these players who will perform right out of the gates, and I think he'll probably get a significant role and significant minutes right out of the gates. He looks very... He's projected to go six to ten, I think, at the moment. They're saying at the moment that there's a good chance he might get picked up by the OKC Thunder, which will mean that he'll be paired with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Brilliant for his development as well, going to a team that doesn't have a lot of expectations. Absolutely. I think... um, I think if he went there, he would get plenty of minutes yeah. um, for, a, for a young team who needs... A, it's like Jar Morant, isn't it? Going to that young is, team yeah. that doesn't have, as we said, great expectations and just being able to be given the, the reins to flourish. I think so. I think, and um, yeah, I, I definitely think he's going to make an impact straight from the get-go. Um, he, he did slow down a bit towards the end of his sophomore season and he also had a an elbow injury, which sort of decreased his draft stock a slight yep. bit, not too much at all, but um, he'll definitely be a top 10 draft pick, and he's a name that you should definitely be looking out for um, when the season starts. I love it. I'm looking forward to it. The draft next week, There's uh, it's a very, very highly touted class, so I'm looking forward to seeing how it all unfolds, and yep. from there we're expected to see quite a lot of moves around free agency as well. Um, so certainly looking forward to that. To recap that, guys, Lee, who did you have for your pick? Sharif Cooper. Excellent. I had Jonathan Kaminga. And I had James Booknight. James Booknight. That's such a fun name. I like it. Um, a lot to look forward to. As we said, it's mm. one of the most anticipated draft classes. It's- well, you know it's going to be a strong draft when Josh Giddy is being touted as going anywhere between 8 and 15. Yeah. So it shows the went, depth in it. If he went 15, whoever got him at that pick would be absolutely ecstatic. If he goes 15, I tell you what, there's a lot of teams prior to that who have missed, and that's not a biased opinion. It is a biased opinion. <laughs> yeah. um, missed a hell of a play. But, yeah, can't wait to break that down all with you next week. Lads, we're into the off-season. My mm, goodness, how, a bit how depressing is it? Yeah, it's not great. Usually we have some ball to look forward to after yeah. we finish recording. At least we've got the Olympics this year as opposed to the last couple of years. It's just into the off-season. So. Look, looking forward to seeing what the Boomers can achieve this year, actually. They've got such a good, well-rounded, well-rounded. roster, I think. I think they'll make waves. Actually, when I think about it, we've actually, like the season tipping off in October, it's only a couple of months. We'll have the Olympics. We'll then get into the Summer League. We'll mm. have... You know, it won't be too much of a break, so we're going to have a lot to break down and look forward to there. Um, looking forward to in the next, maybe next week, the week after, starting our off-season recaps. Yes. I'm looking forward mm. to kind of going back and touching base with all the teams 
you know, the OKCs and the Cavs of the world and yep. all those kind of bottom dwellers and just recapping how everyone's seasons went. Um, look back at how we predicted and graded them going into mm, the season. I don't season. know if I want to look back at that, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you what. I made you, some ordinary predictions. How did you go with your predictions just um, off the dome lead? Did you go all right this year? I need to look at them. Yeah. I think we all had some absolute... Nightmare predictions. Yeah, but. there was some some crazy things like the Hawks and Knicks shooting up. Um, you know, the Bucks being at the the top there. Uh, the Lakers bowing out early in the first round. I think I had Danny Advier as my initial rookie of the year. Brilliant! That went that went Awful. downhill very quickly. I, likewise, I think I had um, I had Killian Hayes, Ty- Tyrese Halliburton. Hayes lasted what a game or two. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So and yeah. I had Lamelo. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, big legend. <laughs> it's been a funny year. You've had your uh, your switching team. You're officially a big Hornets year. man now. Yeah, you have Jeez, a, that feels uh, like so long ago, doesn't it? You'll have a full season. You'll be able to cheer them from the start mm, league. That'd be good. Healthy so, Lamella. What's that one? Healthy Lamella. Healthy Lamella, yeah. A lot of potential yeah. there. I reckon they'll make a few, just quickly, they'll make a few moves over this offseason, I reckon. I think so. They absolutely need a new centre. They That's do. That's the yeah. big piece, isn't it, Lee? Mm-hmm. You need to get rid of Devontae as much as I love him. Friend of the show. <laughs> you can't, we can't say friend of the show and then say we, <laughs> we want to get rid of him. Enemy of the show. I don't think he's a friend of the show. Public enemy number one <laughs> yeah. now. Um, so great stuff there, lads. We've still got a lot to do. It's going to be a massive off-season. Uh, this train's still rolling. We've got heaps coming up. A couple of mailbag episodes. We want to get some of our listeners on. Have a chat to you guys and hear your thoughts on the season that's mm. been. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. Um, so continue to stay up to that. Keep an eye on the socials for when we uh, make a little announcement regarding that. Uh, so I guess, should we sort of tell them, even though we're not even 100% we're sure, um, what the plan is going forward? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, the plan that we... The plan is we don't have a plan, but we'll look yeah. to do, like, as we said, we'll do um, our season recaps. We'll yeah. kind of grade them. Uh, we'll have a bit on the draft. We'll, I guess before next season, we want to discuss the NBL, the NBA, mm. previews, reviews. Uh, we'll do a couple of – we might do a uh, couple of little uh, segments like some mock um, fantasy drafts, some yeah. different little segments like that. We'll have the return of Entertainment Weekly, I would imagine, Lee. Yeah, my love. And I don't that. know about you, but I think the first episode of our second, well, our third, third season, season. Oh, Jesus, geez. it's flying, hasn't going? it? I reckon the first episode will be in my new house with all the oh, will be. new setup. So these sort of next sort of five to six to seven episodes still incorporated in season two just a bit of yep. a recap i think and then we're straight into it once we do have we've got um, a couple of team meetings on the cards we've got a lot to discuss and break down uh let's just say season three shaping up as our biggest and best plenty more content more segments more everything video content is going to be running rampant um we've got big things in store and we're yep. certainly looking forward to uh I guess getting to some ball for the jack jumpers as well. So mm. it's uh, it's going to be the yeah. next big six months, well, three to six months. Will be. So well, looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it, guys. We will keep you posted on everything that's continuing to go on within the NBA and the NBL. So stay up to date with our socials. Massive episode coming up next week as we kind of recap the draft, um, break down all the news. We might bring back Entertainment Weekly even next week, Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, so, guys, stay tuned for that. Continue to support us. Check out our socials. Get your hands on some of the freshest merch going around. Um, my wardrobe's been cut by about 95% just for the <laughs> fact that this is all I'm going to be wearing now. Got quite, uh, just quickly before we let go, uh, just wearing this out and about. I've had quite a few people stop and talk to me about it. What uh, have they said? Just, I had a bloke ask me, oh, where'd you get that? Was that from, which shop did you get that from? A pop-up shop or a, where, which shop's that from? I said, it's no, a- mate. 
This is a podcast. It's a logo that stands out massively, isn't it? It is. It really pops. Um, so the, the thing that I really want to emphasise with the um, merch is when you buy merch, particularly for sort of like lower grade podcasts, you think the actual clothing material and the look of it's going to be very cheap. I can, and I'm not just saying this because I'm part of the podcast, but I can attest to the fact that that looks very that's, good quality. That's unreal. For the price as well. Very happy with how it's all turned out. So a big thank you once again to Podthreads, guys. Get your hands on some merch and rock the brand with us. We're super appreciative of everyone that's purchased some so far. If you do buy some, please send us pictures. We'd love, love to it. post it on our story. We love it. Saw the boss man Hank from Insport oh, the other day repping the brand. Love to see that. Jeez, um, he, he wore that so well, didn't he, Hank? A model in a former life. Oh, really? He model really in a is. Former life. So yeah, big great. shout out there to the team at Insport as well. Guys, we will be back next week with another huge episode. We can't wait to talk to you then and break down the NBA draft. Love you, bye.